School PR professionals spend a few weeks a year participating in professional development and networking, if they're lucky. We use this time to connect through conversation and shared experiences. Conversation is one of the best parts of our jobs, but then we go back to our daily work and the time for connection begins to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. During our time together, our goal is to continue a sense of collaboration and shared conversation throughout the whole year. We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and times of celebration and learn from each other regularly. This podcast gives us the chance to get to know each other better by sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time. Whether you are listening on your morning commute or winding down after work, we are so glad you're here and look forward to learning alongside you today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of School PR Happy Hour. Today, I'm excited to interview Becca Boltzma, and on this episode, we talk about all things AI and ChatGPT. You guys, she is so knowledgeable and so passionate about this topic. I know you're going to take away just as much as I did as a, I would call myself rookie with ChatGPT. I learned so much. I had so many notes from this episode and I have so many things that I'm excited to try. So I know that you're going to be just as excited to hear from her and I cannot wait for you to learn more from her with me. Hi, this is Dr. Jill at Class Intercom, and we're honored to once again be the official sponsor of School PR Happy Hour. I spent 30 years in education as a teacher and administrator, so I know the challenges schools face when it comes to social media. Class Intercom makes approvals, moderation, analytics, and archival easy. With our support, schools and districts are able to champion student voice and tell impactful stories that engage their communities. To learn more, contact me or the rest of our team at classintercom.com. Hello, School PR Happy Hour crew. I am your co-host, Becca, and I am so excited to be here with you all today on our next episode of School PR Happy Hour. Today, we have Becca Boltzma here to talk to us about all things AI. I am so excited for this conversation, and I hope you are too. Becca, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. And to get us started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. So I actually live in Canada, but I only live like five minutes away from the Montana border. So I'm close, (laughs) but not quite there. I am the ultimate language, grammar, word nerd, and I've I've been like that my whole life. I currently work in school PR here in Canada, and I've worked in communications and public relations for 15 years. So I'm also kind of a productivity enthusiast, like if there's like a TikTok product or an app or a really overpriced planner, or they're selling something at a mall kiosk that promises to make my life easier and more streamlined, I am 100% buying it. Like take my money. I have at any given time, like 10 or 11 curated productivity apps that I'm using to automate my life. So that's kind of my, my big nerd component. Perfect. I mean, I feel like we can all use more tools to help us be more productive, right? I agree. And I think that's why I love AI so much. 
So what got you into AI and being very excited about it? Probably, honestly, at the very core, my love of language and my love of trying to find ways to do things easier. But I feel like when I, I think about AI, I think maybe I'll answer your question with just like a little bit of a disclaimer background, if that's okay. I, yeah. I feel like to some degree, we're all a bit interested or at least familiar with AI in general, because the whole idea of artificial intelligence, it's not really new. It's kind of a tech that tells you on Netflix what you should watch next or works the spam filter in your email account. It's what powers our Alexa. Those kind of, that kind of AI has been around for a long time. It's just run on an algorithm. You know, if this happens, do this. And it's not superhuman. Like, I don't think at any point anyone's been like, wow, I wonder if this is a real person or a robot, you know, that Alexa I'm dealing with. But I think the AI you're asking about is probably the generative AI, which is the entire different ballgame. And that's the AI that kind of exploded onto the scene last November in the form of ChatGPT. And, and that kind of AI is trained on this obscene amount of data, and it finds patterns and structures in things with, without human oversight, like on its own, which is what makes it so crazy. They don't have to have a human labeling it and saying, this is this, this is this, if this happens, do this. And so what makes it amazing is it just generates brand new stuff, and it looks like a human's doing it. You don't have to be like, that's for sure a robot. You sometimes just like never know. And so I think that that's... To get back to your original question, that's what blew my mind. It was Christmas break from school PR, which we all enjoy. And I was on TikTok scrolling like you do. And I saw this TikTok of a, a university kid using ChatGPT to write an essay. I think it's one that a lot of people saw. And I was immediately mesmerized. Like I remember the exact moment, frozen in time. It was like my this trifecta of my passion of like productivity and technology and language and words all kind of hit this sublime epicenter. And I immediately ran to my laptop. I tried it out and I was literally hooked from the very first keystroke. Like when I tell you it is my obsession, I, like I needed to know everything about it. How does this work? Why does it work? What are the possibilities? What does this mean for my job? What does this mean for my industry? What does this mean for society? Like I have just been hooked. Like I knew it was going to be big and I knew it was going to change everything. And I wanted to find out how people were using it, especially in school PR. So I went on Twitter. I went on LinkedIn. I'm like, who is using this? Who can show me how to use this? Who can show me a good application? And I found nothing, like nobody talking about it. People were like entertained by it. And it kind of had a bit of a blip. And then nobody was talking about it from a professional standpoint. So I decided that I would just learn everything about it so that I could start the conversation. And then maybe I could be the one to help my professional peers navigate it. And I just decided to just dive in head first. And I was doing some math the other day and I determined that I've spent over a thousand hours since ChatGPT launched using it, researching it, talking about it. And I guess you need what, like 10,000 hours to be a, have true expertise in anything. So I've got 9,000 hours to go, but <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm well on my way. It's my favorite thing to talk about. And I love talking about it in a school PR context. So the world's longest answer to a question. I'm sorry. Uh, I will be honest. I was one of those people. I saw people started to talk about chat GBT and AI and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I just was like, you know, I, I don't have time to learn about this. I don't know. I don't have time.
time. I'm not going to look at it. And even when I went to the national conference, I was like, yeah, I still don't really know about it. I, you know, I, I don't have time to research it to figure out how I can bring it into my job and make it effective. And so that was kind of why I ended up going to your session. And once I went to your session, I, I just felt like I learned so many quick takeaways that it made me feel more comfortable even to just try it and just try typing in a few things, try typing in a sample letter for something and see what comes back. And um, I just felt like the way that you explained it and because of all of your research that you've done on it, it made it very graspable and it made it seem a little bit less scary and this like big unknown thing. So I appreciate all of the time that you have spent your thousand hours of researching and talking about it because I know it's benefited me and uh, a bunch of other people, a lot of people I was sitting at the same table with at the session. They all had a lot of good takeaways from it as well. So thank you for all of your work there. It is Thank much you. That's my favorite thing to hear. Like my goal, every time I talk to a group or do a session, I just want someone to walk away and be like, oh, I feel like I can try this now. Like I feel empowered to give this a shot. So thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. So can you tell us maybe like three to five quick tips and tricks that you love when using ChatGPT or if there's a different AI that you like to use, what are some of your favorite? Well, ChatGPT is hands down, far and away, my favorite, my favorite tool to use. And I, I use it in so many different ways. I think if I had to give like a tip um, or trick, it would just be to really be specific in your prompting. There's actually research that's just come out that says if you go step by step, in your prompting is actually most effective. So for example, uh, build me a newsletter. Okay, now build me a newsletter as if you were the school principal named this for this school. Okay, now add these sections. Okay, now refine this part and work step-by-step through something. So the number one tip is that prompting is a big deal. Like spend time as communicators, professional communicators in the school PR community, we know how to communicate and we know how to ask questions right? We interview people all the time. We, we communicate for a living so we can translate that into communicating with chat GPT to get the best possible responses. So some other kind of more creative ways that I've started using it, everyone kind of starts the same way. You know, I started with our robots going to take over the world, you know, asking kind of random questions like that, but I've kind of evolved to use it in a few different ways. Um, most recently I've been studying for my APR exam which I always hesitate to tell people because if I totally bomb it and fail it, now everybody's going to know. But seriously, it's a lot of work. So I actually recruited early on uh, ChatGPT as my study partner. So I gave it uh, sample rubrics and I would give it answers and I would have it mark it as if it was the world's toughest APR marker based on this rubric and then give me feedback on my responses and how to improve them. I would say, here are all the questions from the last three years of exams. I want you to generate me some new questions that I can practice on and then evaluate me on them. I would say, I don't really, help me understand this uh, situational crisis communication theory step-by-step. Explain it to me like I'm 10. Uh, Explain it to me in a metaphor. Give me a memory trick I can use with this. Okay, now test my knowledge on this. And it would test me and I would answer it so I could just kind of interact with it. And I think the best part is 
you can really be vulnerable with it. If I was in a classroom setting, I would never be like, um, I just, I don't get that. Can you explain that to me in a completely different way? Like that made no sense. But with GPT, I can say, <laughs> that actually makes no sense. Can you explain this to me in a better way? And it does. So that's kind of one way I've been using it to, to prep for my APR. Well, TBD, if that was a successful strategy or not, I'll keep you posted on that. So how else? Um, I think one of my fav- my best tips and tricks, ChatGPT within it, the GPT-4, the paid version, which side note, I get absolutely nothing for this, but you need to run to buy a GPT-4 membership if you don't have one. If all you've used is the free version, it is like the difference between riding a skateboard and driving a sports car. Like the fact that I only have to pay $20 a month for this tool is like riding in a private jet for the price of a bicycle. Honestly, I saw someone say that on Twitter and I was like, yes, that is it. So find $20. It is a a total game changer, the pro version. But one of the great things about the pro version is they have a section for what they call custom instructions. And within the custom instructions, you can program chat GPT how you want it to respond every time. So I can just tell it, I'm a communications person. This is my school district. Here are our core values and our mission and vision. And I always want you to respond in a way that is uh, conversational, yet professional, and use this hashtag when I ask you for a social media post. And here's a description of our brand voice. And I just use that every time. And when I'm writing for the district, the voice is always the same, and it always gives me usable output. So it saves that whole step in your prompting of saying, you are a, act as a, speak in this way. You never have to do that again. It remembers. So using custom instructions is like a huge hack because if you use them well, it saves you a ton of time. I have a document that I keep handy that has five different sets of custom instructions in it. So if I'm writing for my superintendent, I have a very detailed set of instructions that sound just the way he sounds. And I used a prompt to generate those by feeding GPT tons of samples of his writing, got an analysis of his writing style, and then I put that in when I'm doing writing for him to make sure it's really authentic. And so when I'm writing for the district, I swap the district instructions in. When I'm writing just as me, I swap the me ones in. And it actually is a really great tool within GPT. So I don't know. I have a hundred different ways I use it. I don't know how many you want, but that's that's three. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I didn't even know about the paid version because like I said I just started dabbling in it after I went to your session just a few months ago but um, I'm definitely gonna check that out because that's I mean to be able to have like you use as an example the different writing styles for different things and having those different rules set up but then you can import them is such a time saver time saver yeah and the nice thing is is you could if you have I'm a one person team so I don't know but if there was two people on your team you could have identical custom instructions for your brand voice and then if both of you are doing the writing it all sounds Mm -hmm. the same for the brand so lots of great uses for it yeah yeah amazing one thing I did try out so for the the day before the first day of school, I asked ChatGBT to create a poem for me using the night before Christmas and make it for the first day of school. 
and I sent it out to just our district office staff and everybody everybody responded and they were like that was You're so like, cute. I'm amazing. Like, I'm amazing. So I was like, well, I <laughs> But it turned out really cute and it just was like a cute email to be able to send out to our staff who worked tirelessly over the summer to be able to get ready for this first day of school, just a little something, you know, thanks for all you did. And, and how long um, would it have taken you to really come up with it, that, that on your own? That was one thing I've tried out. I know. So long for something that's nice to have. Not, yeah. You know, it wasn't something I need to be doing. Yes. In my like strategic stuff, but definitely a nice to have it. People really enjoyed it. So that was one thing I did try out recently, but I'm definitely going to have to look into the paid version because that sounds like it would be even more helpful than, than I've found. And I, I, when I have played with it too, a couple of things that I just feel like are helpful as somebody that's very new to it is it just because I haven't necessarily tried the, you know, talk in this voice or giving as much instruction that I'm learning from you now during this conversation. But I found that it's really helpful even just to get started. You know, if it's a crisis situation or if it's, uh, you know, something where you're kind of like stuck or you've had a long day and then somebody asks you to write something and you're like, I don't even know how to get this started. It just it has helped me a couple of times just to that is honestly the best part you never again have to look at a blank screen and figure out where to start even if all you type in is i have to do this and i don't know where to start it will say i totally understand let's help you get started Mm -hmm. and it'll ask you questions that will get you into the right frame of mind so that you can move forward it's it's a great helper tool for sure yeah, that's amazing. And I'm going to have to check it out for the APR too, because I'm also one of those people that every year I'm like, all right, this is the year. And then I got a new job and then we did the referendum. And so then every year I'm like, okay, this is the year. So I'm going to have to look into that as kind it's of a It's very handy because it's available 24 seven well. and you never feel like you're getting annoying by asking it so many questions. So that's always helpful. <laughs> Me too. And I'm somebody that likes to ask questions. So it's <laughs> Hi friends, this is Olivia Doden and I'm a communications coordinator at CISO Communications. We are so excited to be a part of the School PR Happy Hour family and we hope you learn as much from this show as we do. You can find inspiring new ways to share your district story when you partner with CISO Communications on a baseline communications assessment. In just three to four weeks, we can work to identify the strengths and opportunities in your current work and then share an approachable, customized plan of action. How do we do it? First, you'll take a pre-assessment survey, and then we have a conversation with you and key leaders in your district. Once complete, our team will create a report that provides you with clear action steps based on nine strategic communication areas. If you are interested in learning more about our baseline communications assessment and how it can benefit your school district, we'd love to chat with you. CISO Communications is a division of CISO, which stands for Center for Effective School Operations. We also support schools with transportation, HR, finance, and technology. Visit thecso.com to connect with us today and be sure to follow us on our social channels at CISOcoms. Let us help you rethink possible. So can you tell us a little bit more about why you are so passionate about teaching others how to use AI? Oh, I love this question. In my mind, I envision a future where like school communications professionals, school PR pros 
we don't just use AI, we collaborate with it all the time. Like I see us navigating uh, an education landscape that's rich with AI tools of all different kinds, but very much human at its core still. And that's the really important part. But I feel like to get to that place, it requires a really foundational understanding within our industry of what AI is and how it can be used. And I just feel like people just don't know where to start, which is completely fine because literally nobody knows where to start. This dropped into society with no instruction manual, with no lead up, with no promotion, and everybody's figuring it out. Even people who run big tech companies, giant corporations are like, we don't know what to do with this or how to use it. And we don't even know where to start. So everyone's starting from the same place, which is great. We're all figuring it out as we go. You're not behind. Nobody's behind. We're mm -hmm. just figuring it as we go. But I really feel passionate about kind of demystifying it for my school PR friends and just sharing the tools and the things that I've learned so that my school PR people can keep pace with technology because sometimes I feel like we fall behind a little bit, but also elevate our careers and our professional capabilities and at the same time, our places in our school district. I feel like when we partner with AI, we get even better at our jobs, which makes us more valuable team members. And that is amplified if we're the people in our districts who understand the AI the best. Because education as a whole is kind of ignoring it right now. And they're going to need strategically placed people who understand it. And as kind of the consciences of the organizations as it is, they're going to need people who can help them ethically navigate it as well. And we can be those people, but it starts with us having that foundational understanding. And anything I can do to facilitate that, I want to do. I want to help us in school PR stay relevant and, and thrive by combining our uniquely human skills and the things that make us great with what AI tools bring to the job so that we can tackle even bigger challenges and have more of a lasting impact overall. That's kind of my, my vision anyway. Amazing. And I know it, as somebody that did attend your session, it was very helpful for somebody like I, I mentioned before that had zero knowledge to start even. And that was probably everybody there, right? Like <laughs> the number of people who actually really know how to use this at this point is very, very, very small. And that was what, three, four months ago, right? There was even right. less. And so nobody needs to feel like they're behind or overwhelmed. Like it is like ground zero right now for AI. So everyone's learning. Yeah. And I know you've put together a, an amazing resource guide as well for people who are interested in learning about it. Uh, we got that as part of the session. And it was that that also has been very helpful to me. So thank you for for all you've done with teaching and for the information that you've gathered and put together. It's all been very, very helpful. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I just am trying to make it available to as many of my school PR friends as I can just help any way I can. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of the scripts of you know, having your district or your superintendent kind of language and prompting uh, chat GBT and what kind of letter or paragraph or some kind of writing that you would like for it to put out. But what are some other ways that you've used AI um, or chat GBT in your job that could be helpful for others to think about? 
So I might take this opportunity to nerd out just a little bit, if that's okay. Absolutely. So my all-time favorite voice in the AI realm right now is a guy named Ethan Mollick. He is a professor at the Wharton School of Business. He's phenomenal. He's brilliant. And he just released a paper that showed that employees who worked collaboratively with AI outperformed every single other employee who did not. In every dimension, in every way that they measured performance, they were more productive. They worked faster. Their work was just better. So AI can help you be good at your job as a tool. Like there is, it's indisputable. But I think it's really important to point out here that we need to understand the things that AI or ChatGPT is good at and the things that it is not good at. And there is definitely things that it is not good at. We're still figuring it out, but we've kind of nailed it down to a few things. So for example, if you ask, like you said, ChatGPT, write me a poem in this style about the night before, like it slays at that. It can, it is so creative. It is so good. But if you ask ChatGPT to write you a tweet that is exactly 280 characters long, it cannot do it. It's literally impossible. It can't count words because it understands words differently than we do. It'll break a sentence down and each word into tokens. And one word might be three tokens. And so it just, it can't count. It can't understand the concept of words. So you can't ask it to write an exactly 500 word essay, obviously. Also, we know it hallucinates. And what that means is when ChatGPT was trained, it was trained on reading everything on the internet to understand the structure of language. It didn't save a copy of everything on the internet in its brain. So when we ask it a question, it can't go into its brain and find the answer. It doesn't know. It can't pull facts necessarily for you. That's why if you ask it to cite a quote for you, it will make it up to the best of its ability, but it's not going to be perfect. Hmm. It is only trained up to 2021. So if you ask it about something that happened in 2022, it will tell you, but it will be lying. It just wants to make you happy, right? It just kind of makes things up. That's kind of the nature of how it works. It predicts what you want. And so in that way, if you're trying to say, get me 10 facts about this, or what is the concrete right or wrong answer about this? That is not a use case for chat GPT right now because it's not connected to the internet. And so it's not good at that. So I give it information and ask it questions about, here's something I'm sharing with you about an APR question, answer it for me, but I don't rely on it as a reliable source of information. It's terrible at math which is so weird, but (laughs) basic math, it cannot do, right? So there's all these things that you just have to identify. What is it good at and what is it not good at? And more and more, we're realizing like the secret sauce is the human AI combo that I already talked about. So you can use your humanness for certain tasks and do it as a blend. So in a PR context, this might look like uh, you could prompt ChatGPT to write you a specific newsletter, let's say. Uh, or a press release or a social media post. And then you take that and you refine it with your human brain to make sure it's perfect, right? So that's one use case of the partnership. Another use case would be I sit down and write something and then I give it to ChatGPT and say, uh, can you edit this? Can you refine this? Can you make this sound more empathetic? Can you give me 10 suggestions on how to improve this? Uh, recently I drafted a report for our board of trustees and I, I wrote the whole thing. I put it all together myself and then I gave it to chat GPT and said, um, 
can you please act as if you're the board of trustees for XYZ school division? And I want you to ask me 10 questions about it as if you were the board. And so through that interaction, I was to be like, oh, I maybe should include that in my report. That's actually a fair question that they might ask. Or I never thought about that. Or yeah, that probably isn't clear. And I can ask it things like, is any part of this confusing? Do you have any suggestions on what I could change? So in that partnership, either you do it and have GPT refine it, or you have GPT write you the framework and then you refine it with your human brain. It's that blend that's going to ultimately yield the best results. So here's like 10 quick ways that I, I use it every day. So brainstorming. If I need good ideas, give me 20 ideas for uh, podcast titles for an episode about this. It'll give you 20 ideas. It'll give you 50. It'll give you 100. It's amazingly creative. Um, it helps you with your writing and editing. Write this for me in 20 different styles. Help me come up with a catchy headline. Make it your PR mentor. So act as my PR, PR mentor. Test me on this knowledge. I want to read some good books about this. What do you recommend? My favorite use case right now, and it's actually not super capable of this in chat GPT right now. Claude is another large language model similar to chat GPT that has one unique feature that GPT doesn't. And that's that it can take, I think, 100,000 words or a novelly equivalent of Catcher in the Rye, you know, a novel sized novel and summarize it for you immediately. I could say, here's 100,000 wow. words, summarize this for me in 10 key points. So that is very, very helpful. There's prompts and things that you can use to have it give you the best possible summarization. But if you just flat out want to get the basic idea of an academic journal that was just released, something related to your job, it can summarize it for you really quick and saves you using 100,000 words. That is a great use case. Hmm. Uh, if you're trying to develop a content creation schedule, so for the whole year, help me create a content creation schedule. Here's the things I want to focus on social media every month. Build a table and come up with caption ideas for this and this and this for every platform. And it can do it instantly. You will need to refine it. You're not just going to copy and paste directly from that, but mm -hmm. it gives you somewhere to start and a framework to work within. So that's a great way. It can organize your life. I have like, I think 15 or 16 speaking things coming up this next month. And it was getting a little overwhelming because they're all different places. And so I just copied and pasted all the emails into GPT and said, I need you to organize this into a schedule for me and then make me a task list of what I still need to do and what I still need to book. And it just did it for me instantly. So Amazing. it helped me organize and get wrap my head around life stuff. Uh, if you're doing strategic planning, it helps you with a SWOT analysis. If you're trying to understand... You can take like four or five news articles. It can't retrieve them itself, but you can get them off the internet, copy and paste and give it to them. And I always get four or five from different news outlets. So we'll have varying perspectives on the same issue mm -hmm. and give it to GPT and then say, now help me, give me 10 ways that this story may potentially impact my school district. So those are some sort of scenarios that you can use it for. Uh, crisis comms is another great example. You can have it role play crisis scenarios for you. You can have it come up with 50 things that could possibly go wrong in your district and help you prepare oh, them. Write messages for all these things. And then there's a GPT-4 has this other really great feature. It's it used to be called code interpreter. Now it's called advanced data analysis, but you can just basically feed it spreadsheets of let's say student responses to a survey and it will automatically analyze them, do a sentiment wow. analysis, 
and put the information into a report for you and give you graphs. Something that we would spend 20 hours on, probably analyzing yeah. data, it can do instantly. So all of these different ways, but you just have to play with it and figure out what you like, what you don't like, where your human elements are strong and where you need a little extra help. And research is telling us it can take your skill set if it's fairly low in an area and bring it way up. It can be that support that you need in any area of your job to help you be better. So anyway, again, long-winded. I could talk about this all day, so you're going to be sorry, but... No, I'm not sorry at all. I mean, those were all amazing, even just generating ideas of how you can use it if you haven't yet. That's just, it's it's so cool to even just have a, a list of things you could try to type in or um, hear about different ways that you've used it, about how other people have used it. It's, it is, you know, new and still evolving, as you said, and um, some people who haven't tried it yet, I think that even from this conversation, there's multiple takeaways that they can kind of bring back and just try to type it in and see. That's the number one takeaway, honestly, is to sit down and treat it like you're, treat it like you just hired a new intern or a summer student and sit down and spend time with it and say, okay, what makes you tick? This is my job and ask it, how can you help me in my job? Or I'm working on this task right now. Just throw it open and be like, how can you help me on this task? And it will have ideas you've never even thought of. So the place to start is to just sit down at work, whatever you're working on, ask it if it can help you with that task. And sometimes it can, and sometimes it can't. And the best way to get familiar with it is to just get to know it. Honestly, there's no other option other than sitting down and just kind of playing with it. And you'll find a way that you can use it in probably every aspect of what you do somehow. But the only way you get there is... I say 10 hours until you kind of feel comfortable with it, but that's that could be 10 minutes a day for till the end of the school year. You know, it can be uh, come up with a really interesting dinner idea for me with this. And it has great recipes. I've tried them out. So just see what see what the limits are. See how you can make it work for you. All right, guys, it's time for another My School PR story. Today, we've got Greg Turchetta, and he's going to share how he got into school PR. Hi, my name is Greg Turchetta. I'm the Senior Chief Communications Officer for Richland Two Schools in Columbia, South Carolina. And my school PR story is a story about stories. I started out as a journalist. I ran television newsrooms, did investigative uh, reporting and producing and photography, uh, worked my way up through news director, always been a journalist, always thought that the world, no matter whether it's K-12 business, uh, you name it, that life is a big story. And so after about 22 years of doing TV, I said, I want to be able to take the storytelling into an arena that really needs it. And that was K-12 education. So I've worked at two different school uh, K-12 districts, one in Florida, this one here in South Carolina for the last seven months. I did four years of higher ed in between it. Uh, And it's been one of those journeys that it's like being an alien landing on a new planet going, we're not going to hide all the good stuff anymore. We're going to come out and we're going to tell people what makes public education great, because guess what? They don't believe it anymore. And that's been the journey. Those are all amazing ways that we can use it in our jobs. Do you have any other interesting things that you've learned about it? Um, or ways that you've used it outside of work. I know you just mentioned recipes. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Just so many different ideas. Like 
if you're planning a birthday party, I can say, I want to come up with a really great theme for this party. And it'll help you come up with a theme. Then you say, okay, what kind of games would we play? What decorations would I need? Make me a shopping list now based on everything we've talked about, <laughs> right? And it can help you talk through planning an event. One way that people are using it is to develop them a fitness plan. So I worked for years in the fitness industry doing communications and also teaching fitness classes. And so I played around with that a little bit, personal training. And if you ask it to develop you a diet plan or a menu or a workout regimen, it will ask you really key questions that we used to ask as trainers mm -hmm. uh, to help kind of tailor it for your need with needs with its knowledge. So, you know, in terms of planning, creating lists, there's another great LLM, large language model, which is what GPT is. They're trained on vast amounts of, of language. Uh, it's called PI, P-I, P-I-A-I. And it's kind of known as the more friendly, empathetic one. And it is awesome for giving you, it feels like you're talking to your therapist or to your best friend, <laughs> right? You can, it'll give you career advice, life planning advice, marriage advice, because it's trained on all the human psychology in the world, which is amazing. And so something like that to just go in and brainstorm with or vent to, and then you don't have to worry about that whole, after you vent to your friend, kind of feeling like you overshared or <laughs> feeling like you trauma dumped on them. You just kind of trauma dump on Pi AI, and then you move on with your life. It's actually, a Pi AI is a really fun one to check out. I re recommend ChatGPT for sure for like work stuff that you're doing. If you're summarizing stuff, I love Claude, uh, but for real life, everyday stuff, check out Pi AI. It is really fun and it is, hey, are, what do you want to take in school? What should I do with my life? How are you feeling? Are you preparing for a really important conversation? And it just in a really caring way talks you through it, whereas ChatGPT is more like how my brain works. Like, mm -hmm. how can I help you? What should we do next? How can we be super, super, super efficient? Whereas Pi's like, I think you're amazing. You're doing a really good job at this. You should be really, really proud of yourself. So they all have different have strengths. That one. <laughs> so that's that's a really, really neat tool as well. Amazing. I know you've talked about a lot of interesting ways that you can use AI, but what was one of the most interesting things that you've learned since you started exploring AI and ChatGPT and all the other options that we learned about? Okay, today? this might cross over into super nerd territory. Love it. Let's hear it. Okay. Okay. First of all, like I am just like, I'm learning so much interesting stuff every day. Like if I could quit my full-time job and just read everything that is ever written about AI and play with it all day, like if that was a real <laughs> job, I would do it. But I like incorporating into what I do. But I just finished this book. It was called Genius Makers by Kate Metz, actually. Oh, here it is. And- Perfect. It is like the best book I've ever read. It's all about the mavericks, the people who laid the foundation for AI back before people even thought it was ever possible. And really, nobody ever thought having this level of artificial intelligence, basically machines that think on their own, that don't have to go into a data set to do an algorithm to figure out how to respond. Nobody ever thought it was possible. And there was this story in there, and I just read it the other day, so it's still like in my mind, but I'll try and make it really short for you. It was like really largely understood in like 2015, 2016 by Musk, by Google, by everybody that the biggest coup that they could possibly have in the tech world would be developing an AI model that could beat this game. It's called Go, G 
Go is the game. And it doesn't sound like a big deal because it's a game, but Go is this super complicated 3,000-year-old board game that they play in Korea and Japan. And there are more possible moves in the game of Go than there are atoms in the universe. Oh my gosh. Right? So the reason it's this big feat in AI is because it would be impossible to train an AI model on every single possible move so that it, you couldn't give it an algorithm where it would say, if this happens, do this. If this, It would be impossible, right? So you'd have to have a, a model that could actually figure that out on its own, which they thought was like 10 or 20 years away for sure. But DeepMind, which is a research lab within Google, not only developed the software for it, but came up with a way that it trained itself. So it watched a bunch of games and then it played a bunch of practice games and then it watched itself playing the practice games and then it just played itself like 24 hours a day for months. And so it played millions and millions of games of Go. They called it AlphaGo. And so it beat the reigning champion, the best Go player basically in human history the world had ever seen by using this move during the tournament that nobody had ever seen used in the history of Go before. They called it Move 37. And it was basically in that moment that was proof that the machine had taught itself and it knew how to take knowledge and apply it strategically on its own with no human oversight. So it's really exciting wow. for technology, but like really kind of sad for humanity. There's a documentary actually on YouTube, a free one called AlphaGo. And just the footage of this this guy, this world champion, his name was Lee Sedol, uh, losing to this machine was kind of tragic and heartbreaking. But the, the kicker, the reason I liked this story is playing against this exceptional AI model uh, pushed Lee Sedol to his limits and forced him to think more creatively than he ever had before. And in a subsequent game, he actually beat AlphaGo by playing a move that had never even been thought of by a human before. It moved 78. So people always talk about move 37 and move 78. And I guess what resonated with me in that or what I found interesting is it, the story kind of reveals the power of technology and the birth of real AI, but also the way that working with technology pushes us as humans to new heights beyond limits we ever thought was possible. So that story just kind of gave me the chills. It was so amazing. And, and the players that played AlphaGo went on to be so dominating in their fields because they had been pushed to be so exceptional through their interactions. So I feel like that the message in that is that we too can be pushed to new exceptional levels through our partnership with AI. I really do think it's possible. So I love it. That's so cool. I'm going to have to check out that book and the documentary. There's a lot of a lot of fun things to check it's out. It's pretty there. nerdy. You might not want to, but <laughs> I summed I like it up for you. So there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, is there anything else about ChatGBT or AI that you want us to know about or things that we should check out or explore? Oh, so many things, but I feel like at the core, like I just I'm I champion the ideas of innovation and and AI leadership can come from anywhere within an organization. Like if you're waiting for your superintendent to be the one to adopt this, it probably is not going to happen. Be that person in your organization. Like it is a level playing field. There is nobody with a degree in this. Learn it, figure it out and be that go-to person. Make yourself valuable. There aren't enough people talking about this yet. It's an amazing opportunity and it's super, super fun. I think like another big takeaway is 
it's the idea of Amazon versus Etsy, right? Like Amazon gets you stuff fast, it's convenient, it's prepackaged, it's all like mass produced. And if you need something like that from Amazon, Amazon is great. But if you want something handcrafted and personal and with that human element, like a, a great story, a human interest story, you're going to want that Etsy component. So it's just deciding when to use Amazon and when to use Etsy and when to use them together to make the perfect gift. Spend time with it. Commit to being a lifelong learner. Like this is not going away. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. So dive in. Think about ways that these tools can be used ethically. It's it's still gray. Everybody's still figuring it out, but that will be a really important component too. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll we're all figuring it out as we go. But just dive in, and don't be intimidated by it. That's probably my advice. I love it, and I love using Amazon and Etsy. So I'm all right. For they both all have the different tools. uses, right? Exactly. You need them both for different things. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's true. Um, amazing. I mean, I feel like I've learned so much. I learned a lot from you before and I learned even more from you today. So I'm so appreciative of you for coming on and talking to us and, and everybody else that tunes in for school PR happy hour. Um, one question that we always like to end with is, can you tell us about an educator or a teacher who has made a difference in your life? Hmm. You know, I had a high school English teacher who thought I was an amazing writer. And looking back, I was not an amazing writer at all. No one had ever said that to me before, nothing. But I think she just knew that maybe I needed that or something. But she she took an essay I wrote and she printed it out onto one of those transparent sheets they used to use years ago and put it mm -hmm. on an overhead projector. And yep. with her red pen, she showed the whole class all the parts where my writing was amazing. And it really made me think that I was an amazing writer and it made me pursue a, a career in that. And so... I think that really kind of profoundly altered the course of my life. I think about her all the time. I've never been able to track her down, but yeah, I, I think that's just a great demonstration of how a teacher can make a huge difference and help you change the course of your life. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like they, my roommate as a teacher, and I have a lot of friends who are teachers. I went to a big teaching school in Illinois. So I have a lot of, a lot of friends who are teachers and obviously work in education as well. And the, the impact that they do have every single day is, is amazing from everyone from teachers to our bus drivers, our lunchroom supervisors, everybody has an opportunity to make that kind of an impact on our students' lives every day. And so I think that's why I love our job in school communications. I think being able to support those people who are real heroes in our in our education system is a very rewarding rewarding job. And I think just as one final plug here, probably my favorite thing about AI is that it takes over the more menial parts of my job like that data analysis stuff so that I have more time to do things like that. Go out and do features on the great things happening in our schools and the great people behind the scenes that maybe because I was doing all of these tasks that I can now sort of automate or get done faster. Now I have more time to focus on the why and that Etsy part of our job, mm -hmm. the stuff that I love, the stuff that makes you love your job, it gives you more time to focus on that. And that's what it's really about, right? Focusing on the things that make education great and having the time to do that because we, we are all so busy. But if we can streamline some of the stuff that maybe doesn't matter as much, we'll be happier with our jobs. 
will create that better sense of community within our school districts. And I just think overall, it'll be great. So Awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so, so much for joining us today. This was a real pleasure to get to talk to you and to learn from you again. And I know that our listeners are going to love it as well. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of School PR Happy Hour. I wanted to again thank Becca for joining us today and talking about all things AI and ChatGPT. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If anyone is interested in learning more, I'd recommend heading over to Becca's Twitter at Rebecca Boltzma. That's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-B-U-L-T-S-M-A for more information and tips. Just another reminder that this year we started My School PR Story. If you're interested in sharing how you got into school PR with our community, slide into our DMs on Twitter and let us know you're interested. Thanks so much for learning alongside me today. Now let's go out there and be a little better at our jobs every day.